Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Business Pro podcast, the podcast that empowers you to win at work, at home, and in life. Your hosts are the formidable duo of Todd Holland, an award-winning marketer, best-selling author, and serial entrepreneur, and yours truly, Jonathan Laudermilk, another best-selling author, globally recognized, successful business owner, and business coach. Together, we're going to bring you invaluable insights, inspiration, and real-world strategies from the world's leading business minds. Get ready to start winning in every area of your life. Let's start the show. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Real Business Pros. It's your boy, Jonathan Loudermilk. And as always, I've got my main man, Todd the Duck Man Holland with me, flying co-pilot flying with me, no pun intended. And we've got a damn good guest on today. I'm super excited to have him on. Um, I definitely love his social media posts. You know, we have a lot of fun banter back and forth, typically on the shit posting memes that I put out there, which always brings in the best types of people in my, my life. Um, with that being said, before we get started, I introduce our guests that we have today if this is your first time tuning in i just want you to kick back relax and enjoy the show your gift to us is that you're taking time your valuable time out of your day to tune in and listen to this episode however if this is your second your third your fourth your fifth your umpteenth time you know what i'm about to ask you i need you to like and subscribe i need you to share us on social media even better yet just send this directly to a fellow business pro and or entrepreneur that needs to hear this today, it truly helps the channel and it helps us in our mission to help other business owners create more freedom within their business so they have the time to create a legacy for their lives. Now, with that being said, Todd, I know we normally do some banter, but I want to go ahead and get to the guest as we go through this today. So let me do the introduction for our esteemed guest we have today. Um, today, we have David Altman on. He's a down-to-earth guy that likes to keep things simple. I can totally relate to that. He's been married for eight years, and he has two awesome kids, a daughter and a son. Um, he has a diverse background doing everything from fast food to financial insurance advising. I'm definitely interested to hear how you went from fast food to doing what you do now. Um, he currently owns Clarity Insurance that specializes in home, life, auto, and commercial insurance. With that being said, David, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, thanks guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm yeah, excited man. to be here. Yeah, dude. So look, you had me at fast food to insurance advising and financial advising. That There's a lot of, uh, I guess, filler that needs to be explained within that journey. So I think a great start point, man, is, dude, I want to hear your origin story, man. Like, how'd you start from fast food all the way to what you're doing now and the multiple ventures that you're in? Well, I mean, I guess I should even throw a little bit more in there, too, because I really started working before my first job at, I think a lot of people share the same story here at McDonald's, but my grandfather, grandma and grandpa, they had like a 20, 25 acre hobby farm um, not too far from where I live now. And I, I started out just doing anything I could on the farm, throwing hay bales, turning wrenches, whatever. So I learned really good work ethic there. So you country strong is what you're telling me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> By the way, don't ever fuck with country strong. <laughs> well, we'll add on to that. Cause there's, there's some other Steps along the journey of that, uh, it adds into country strong, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, Todd's autistic strong, which that's a whole nother level <laughs> right there. <laughs> Breaking shit and chewing on Legos, man. <laughs> yeah. In that order. <laughs> At the same time. At the same time. 
so uh that that gave me a real good basis for just work ethic and then i i started out at mcdonald's and kind of worked a few other places in high school um ended up you know and you don't really know what you want to do in life so i i recognized that so i just tried to grab everything i could looking at the pay looking at what i can learn uh ended up doing some construction after high school uh roofing general contracting mainly working as a laborer you know like again applying that work ethic there um all at the same time i'm also studying martial arts so <laughs> learning a lot no no pause i'm sorry you're, you're what martial I, art like you're you're a black bet you went okay kung fu fast food insurance help me david help me <laughs> we got a country so, steven seagal on the show today right um well, I studied that actually. I got into that because I was recognizing a certain pattern of behavior that a former stepfather of mine had, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't a positive pattern, and he ended up trying to put hands on me. So thankfully, I, I recognized that early enough to where I had enough training where I could get out of that situation. Um, Solid, yeah. So there's that, but that also taught me a lot of discipline and taught me uh, a skill that's going to take me even further and is continuing to serve me in in a multitude of ways. And that's how to break down and teach things and have uh, a a simplified version of what's going on in multiple different versions of that too. One person understands things one way and another person understands it the other way. So I can take a look at the picture and break it down to help people understand what's happening, how they process things. That's really cool, man. Yeah. So, okay. So, so how'd you get into like your, your insurance then? Yeah. So like, so this is, it all kind of goes back to childhood too, because we grew up pretty poor. Like my mom would skip dinner sometimes. So my brother and I could eat. Right. But that also meant that I had to learn financial stuff and how to run numbers a lot earlier than a lot of people. Mm. Like I'm walking through the grocery store, keeping track of what we're spending. So mom stays on budget. Right. And then I learn, Hey, how to balance a checkbook. I'm like 10 years old. And then I start learning about withholdings and, and paycheck deductions. As soon as I start working, and I'm 16 and I open up a certificate of deposit and the banker's like, who are you? <laughs> like what 16 sure. year old is doing this i'm like me me i'm doing this mm. so jumping forward now um i was working in a warehouse at the time and i knew i was kind of at the top of the pay scale i could move up and promote into a management position and that kind of stuff but the hours were overnight and it was still going to be very physically demanding and it just wasn't where I wanted to stay long-term. So I looked at it and I said, well, got my own house. I bought that when I was 21 and I got all my friends coming to me and asking me about, Hey, how do I do my finances? How do I do a budget? How do I invest? How do I do that? Like all these financial questions, right? Because I was at the time I was 25 and by all intents and purposes, I was crushing it. Um, I wasn't 
like crushing sales or anything like that, but I was financially stable. I knew what was going in and out and I knew how I wanted to plan things for the future too. So that launched me into looking into financial advising because I didn't know anything about what a financial advisor actually was. It just seemed like a cool title and what I was already doing. Yeah. So that brought me into the financial world. And then I did that for two years. I worked with a, a firm out of Minneapolis here in, Min in Minnesota. And uh, I got married during that time. But also there was another big life event that happened in the same month as my marriage. Same month. Um, one of my best friends and his dad was murdered by his youngest brother three weeks prior to my wedding. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he was supposed to be in my wedding as a groomsman. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. So we got the bachelor party like a week after he passed away. I've got his funeral that same week. Right. So like it, it, May was a very up and down month. Right. It's like the best yeah. things happening and the worst thing at the same hmm. time. Yeah, exactly. So as a financial advisor, you've got to be able to have your head on. And this is the first death that I was dealing with. Um, and I, I didn't know how to process it. Mm -hmm. So about six months later, I looked at my situation and I said, you know what? It's just, this isn't working for me. There's some regulations coming down on investment accounts that honestly, I'm losing my interest on the investment accounts. Anyhow, I'm sending out a bunch of home auto business. Um, let's focus on that. We can still have the life conversation. I can set up investment conversations, be a good referral partner and do that. Right. Um, so that's the route that I went. And I mean, I've learned a lot in, in that time period here. So I've been licensed with insurance. So this goes back to being a financial advisor. When I first started just about 10 years now. Okay. Brilliant, dude. Wow. Cool. What a story, man. What a, what a journey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that death, that one was just the first of, of many that I'd end up experiencing here over the last eight years. Mm. Damn. Yeah. Well, well do walk us through this. So like walk us through the process of like building your own agency. You know what I mean? Cause once again, like regardless, like if you're in the insurance agency or whatever it may be, um, there's going to be a lot of transferable things that mm -hmm. I know a lot of our audience can take away and apply their, their perspective, business industry, niche model, whatever you want to look at. So kind of talk us through that initial, like I'm moving from financial coaching to like, now I'm building my own client base. I'm building my own company. Obviously with an agency, you probably are hiring and bringing on other agents within your agency. So kind of walk us through that journey. Yeah. So that journey has just started for me. Okay. Um, like I, I am brand new to agency ownership. Okay. But cool. uh, like this month new. Oh, all <laughs> right. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations then. Deep perfect yeah. Timing. So it's, it's a big deal. But the, the journey up to this point, um, and the knowledge that I've learned, I think that's hundred percent transferable. I started out obviously as an agent within a different agency. So I, I helped him, uh, the first agency I was at, I learned really the property casualty side of things, which is, you know, how to insure the homes, the autos. And I was really focusing on that to start with, cause that was the easier conversation that I was more familiar with, right? Mm -hmm. Business 
commercial insurance, whatever you want to call that, it gets a little, I mean, it's the same concepts, but it gets more detail because you got to know more about the business. You got to ask the business owner what's going on and how business works. But um, I started out home and auto focused on that. Then I switched to a independent uh, broker. So I was at a captive agency for six months, cut my teeth a little bit. And then I went to a broker and cut my teeth some more, but I also helped him with some customer service work, which helped flatten the learning curve on how to um, handle the clients and, and the main questions that they're going to have, the problems they're running into, right? Uh, and then actually from there, I failed out. So, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? So this was uh, 2016, uh, which was a year after, and a full year after my friend was killed. Mm. And I switched up what I was doing twice within a year. So I went from financial advising to working at Farmers to an independent agency. And I lost traction. I, I wasn't able to market myself. Again, I was still processing these debts, which... I know it sounds like, man, it's, it's a year. It's kind of a lot of time, but at the same time, when it's your first, like you just, you don't, you don't know well, how to handle it. Well, here's, um, the, here's the truth though. Like everyone processes things differently, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not like everyone goes through the experience of losing someone that they loved and care, cared about. And it's going to be the same for everyone. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so, um, so what ended up happening here is I switched to the independent channel and I was there for six months. I learned a ton, but all my, all my leads, all my market, uh, it dried up because they're like, dude, you've been moving around a bunch. Like, what are you yeah. doing now? Right. Mm -hmm. So there, there was a bre breach of trust basically. And yeah. I wasn't generating enough leads because I couldn't focus on lead generation. And honestly, at that point, I didn't really know how to do really good lead generation without talking to my family and my friends. Right. So there's a big skill that I had to learn there. So I failed out. I had my wife at home work or at home studying to be a nurse. She was also pregnant with our first child. And uh, I'm like, man, I got to make some money. So I went, got a manager job at, at a, at a five guys. And I worked at FedEx as a package handler, I'm just making money as much as I can, you know, but yeah, it's a lot of work. trading hours. The same time, what am I learning? I'm learning management skills. And then after a while of that, I got promoted to an operations manager at FedEx and I left five guys. Did that for yeah. a couple of years. Learned a ton about operational management. And then 2019, I ended up losing my brother and a snowmobile accident. So these, some of these, some of these deaths are also catalyst events for me. Sure. Um, I looked at what I was doing. I looked at where we were at, and I'm like, you know, gotta get back active in the insurance game. I maintained my license. All right. I wanted to make sure I had that one, so I could get back into the game. And two, because any advice I wanted, I was giving. I wanted at that professional level. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be like a, a Dave Ramsey where, you know, I'm saying whatever I want to say and I lose my license with regulatory boards. Right. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not saying he doesn't have some good advice, but there's some you want to caution on. Yeah. Um, so that brings me to the agency that I, I just left. I worked there. They allowed me to be an operations manager and a producer. So I helped them bringing on new agents, that onboarding process. I set up a lot of the trainings for the network. Um, I worked with the carriers to d- develop the relationship within the, the uh, aggregator network that we're a part of. And from there, I was also producing. So I was building my book of business, got to a point where, hey, you know what? The operational side isn't really what I want to be doing. I've always wanted to have this asset. I always wanted to be a business owner because what does that give you? It gives you control, right? Yeah. You set the hours, you set the environment, you set how things work. And going through everything that I did to get to where I am, that's what I wanted. And then watching what happened you know, with my mom growing up and how she had to struggle, I wanted to be able to control my income too. So David, I'll, I'll tell you a theme that I'm seeing here and, and forgive me if I'm way off on this, but I'm seeing a, a lot of discovery of get to in the have to. And what I mean by that is you had to do a lot of stuff to make ends meet. Like man's got to work. You had to yep. go out, you know, and, and, you know, get the managerial job and the warehouse job. But among all that have to, you're engaging in a lot of get to, which is like, I get to learn management. I get to learn customer service. I get to learn all these like people skills and stuff. And so that's, that's a really, how do you think that attitudes helped you? Like just throughout your life. And it's helped me stay positive about a lot of things Yeah, because it doesn't matter what we're going through or what we're trying to do it's always something you can learn and take away and then apply to be better. Right. So we always hear about, uh, you know, the saying 1% better every day, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, you don't have to be 1% better every day. You can just stay where you're at. But if you apply a get to dude, it is your blessing to get 1% better every day. Like mm-hmm. it is an opportunity. It is, it's energizing to, to constantly improve like that. Oh, and, and there's also like, and I'm glad you picked up on that, Todd. I was waiting to see if you picked up on what I picked up on, which of course you picked up on something different, which is just as valid. Um, David, a lot of what I'm hearing too, man, is like, dude, your origin story is almost like Batman. You know what I mean? So like Batman, <laughs> like lost. And here's what I mean by that. Like Batman lost his parents and that made him like, I want to fight crime. Yeah. So th- how you grew up with your mom and having to go through and learn how to balance checkbooks and do all that stuff at that age, dude, that's like you having that Batman moment. And then I'm thinking about like, dude, you do life insurance. You've had, you've had to go through not just one, but two life altering relationships that ended because of death that mm-hmm. you had to go through. And once again, like life insurance is not the thing that people want to buy. It's like, it's something that you need. And you don't want it until you need it. 100% true. And you want to know what? It is an insurance that you're 100% going to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I just well, think it's actually, really I guess easy. you won't use it, but somebody will. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that, that joke kills in the insurance meetings. <laughs> oh, 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 does it now, Jonathan? Does it kill? <laughs> it, it kills it. <laughs> and when that happens, claims are filed. Oh, my God, dude. Hit three back to back, call it a hat trick insurance joke. Oh, uh, that's amazing, man. But yeah, dude, like it's so crazy. Like, and I love having like guests like you on, man, because looking from the outside is like I can totally see like how all these events connected and over time. We don't see it in the moment because we're so close to the trees, we miss the forest, but they do these subtle little shifts upon us over a long period of time, which as you look back, it's like, well, no wonder I landed where I landed with everything, yep. right? So that's exactly it. So you're at a point now where you're about to step into a whole new, you know, phase, a whole new MCU universe, however you want to look at it in terms of your life story. Um, man, what I'd like to ask you before you start stepping into this new area, which once again, man, it's, it's super exciting for you. Um, if you had to go back over the last 10 years, what would you say was the most defining moment out of all those experiences for you thus far? Oh, wow. Um The most defining moment in, say, the last 10 years, probably, and it's not to discount my brother, that's not at all the case here, but uh, it'd probably be the murder of my best friend, right? Because that was really a big one where I got to see the effects of life insurance and estate planning as well um so it was a lot of the financial conversations that i had and was having all playing out in front of me and right there it solidified my belief in life insurance and my belief in what i'll say is defensive financial planning right it's making sure you have your insurances in order because that's the stuff that protects the the financial vehicle going forward no matter what happens i mean do you do you want me driving through uh ukraine since that's the timely war right now you want me driving through ukraine in a toyota toyota camry or an m1 m1 abrams all right no i i david for um i think i speak on behalf of everyone i don't want you driving through ukraine at all <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i mean that's really the better better uh yeah. answer there but if you had to you want your arm if you had to you'd want you want a tank you probably wouldn't want the yeah, that that makes sense i'm yeah. I'm on board with that you got me <laughs> damn man not, not to do another movie reference but i'm gonna do another movie reference that was like your uncle ben moment with spider-man yeah you know yep. what i mean like spider-man exactly, wouldn't, man. wouldn't have became spider-man if uncle ben hadn't have gone out the way they did but it happened you're hitting reason. on some of my favorite superheroes here so I'm just calling what I see, man. That's just, it's just wild, dude, how like the boobies aren't actually that far off from life if you actually take the time to listen to people's stories, which is why I love this podcast. That's exactly I like right. Of, I like to think those movies are like a kid explaining things that actually happen in the world because the, the premise of it is like I had a death in the family and then I decided to devote my life to helping people. That's not far off. It's right. the webs and the Batman and the bat that like that's the part like a kid is explained, but the actual heart of those stories, I think, is really 
I don't know, man, this is gonna be cheesy. It's like, it's like America, bro. You know what I mean? Like those stories really are just like the stories of America in many ways. We talk about that later. I don't want to take up David's time on this. I just thought I'd drop that on you guys and step away from it slowly. We can lean into another movie, movie reference here. America. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What was that called again? Team America. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 From the South park guys. Yeah, man. They can't make movies like that anymore. (laughs) That ship has sailed. That has sailed. Uh, Well, dude, let me ask you this, man. So obviously that was the most defining moment for you. Um, Looking back, if you could do one thing differently, you personally, what would it be and why? I would 100% tell my brother not to take the snowmobile trip that he did. Mm. Makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. That's probably out of the losses I've had, which it's been some major ones, but that's probably the one that hurts the most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is going to be fun to move into. We're going to move into the rapid fire fun question part, dude. Start lifting spirits of this episode. All <laughs> right. Going through this. So you're just going to say the, the, the first thing that comes to the top of your mind, David. Ready? Yeah. All right. Andrew Tate. Yeah, your name. Nay. Why? I don't really know enough about him to make an honest opinion. So I'm just going to say no. Just default to no. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I don't want to like agree wife. with anything about him because I don't know anything about him really. So, nay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, favorite book of all time? Favorite book of all time? Mm. Probably the Lord of the Rings series. Thank you for doing a fiction series. Everyone else is like the, the businessman. And I'm like, dude, what's your favorite book? You know what I mean? Lord of yeah. the Rings. That's sick. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a nerd, man. You like, should meet Joseph on our team, man. He drops the Lord of the Rings meme on us every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he signs into our funnels, like testing them under like Bilbo Baggins, and I'm Bro, so. <laughs> I'll and, never forget. All right, this is how good of a salesperson Jonathan is. Like how cl- how much of a freaking closer this guy is. We had someone sign up as Gollum from a funnel one time like golem at the shire.com or some stupid thing it was and, no it was by precious.com i'm the precious <laughs> and jonathan like like the way he tells me, he's like all right i was i was gonna delete this lead right but then i was like there, there's a chance it might be real and i'm gonna go to this guy's website and that is my fondest memory with this gentleman right here. Try <laughs> to close Gollum. I'm a stickler for, for following the process. Man. I was you like, know I- who would be the best life insurance client? Fucking Gollum. Right? <laughs> Just keeps paying those premiums. Never dies. Right? Yeah. Like 500 oh, years yeah. over the premiums. He's definitely yeah. high risk too. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he's got some health he, issues he, for he, sure. Yeah, he's paying the highest of the highest <laughs> on that for sure. Five hundred years, dude. All right. Oh, my I mean, God. he is surprisingly fit though, too. So, I mean, he's got some health well, issues, but he, he eats raw meat, dude. That's probably not good on the health <laughs> scoring of the. So we we, we have the Liver King calling in, guys. Can anyone uh, let him in, please? Oh, right. I didn't even know that guy was still a thing. Anyway, uh, third question: Do aliens exist? I have a hard time believing they don't, to be completely honest. Just with the size of the known universe, it just seems like such a statistical improbability that we are the only creatures that exist. 
Number three. Right, this is the only planet that you has are, life. So you're the third guest that answered, basically say the same thing. I am a, uh, I believe that y'all are part of the Illuminati together. Yeah. So. <laughs> We're just going to need your predictions on the economy moving forward, man. If you could just give us a detail. <laughs> right. Um, man, on, on that alien front, y'all ever heard of the, the three body problem? John, you've probably heard me talk about this before. You've never heard the three body problem? I mean, right. no. <laughs> Get ready. Put your tinfoil hat on. All right. This is kind of cool, right? So you guys know Isaac Asimov, the writer, you know, foundation, a couple different. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, so so he said that he, he thinks there's aliens, too, by the way. Like, he's okay. very sure there's, there's aliens, too, as am I, as is most of the world. Um, but he says the reason we haven't been contacted yet is because the last aliens who tried to reach out to another group of aliens, which is what we are to them, were actually wiped out because there's always going to be a stronger alien waiting for someone to show themselves so they can go and harvest their resources. And so the reason that we're the only species like reaching out to the cosmos is because the rest of them got wiped out because that's, that's like a trigger to go and farm our planet and humans for resources. So I, I've heard of a similar one, but I heard it as a big fish theory. Big fish, dark forest theory, same concept. Yep. yep. The, the bigger fish is always coming around. Right. So yeah, he's looking at me like wrap this shit up, sir. No, nah, man, we're, we're going to do an episode where we're going to have everyone that believes aliens exist. And we're going to have a big master, like the master debate on it, which sorry, what master. Debate. <laughs> we're going to yeah. do what on it? A master debate. <laughs> that was French to me. I'm all for it. Regretted saying that as soon as that came out of my mouth. We'll, 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 uh, we'll chop it out. Moving into the final question, my man. If you could have a billboard that the whole world's going to see every man, woman, and child, every country, everyone's going to see it, what does it say and why? Control your budget. Hmm. I absolutely love that question too, because I've heard that a lot from Tim Ferriss. I listened to his podcast for, I have for a few years now, but yeah, man, control your budget. It, as much as I actually think money causes a lot of problems, I think it's because people don't have discipline around it. Yeah. I mean, you can right? live a decent life making 20 bucks an hour just can't be spending you know 15 dollars a day on starbucks and yep. you know rolling the credit card every month and paying the interest on that and you're not going to have a bentley sure but you're making 20 bucks an hour like i don't think yeah. you should yeah i do but, I, I agree dude i've always lived below my means but as you increase your means that below Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. higher and higher and higher, and that way you never have to do paycheck to paycheck, or actually really have to worry about money when you do it that way. Exactly. Yeah. So, David, is it okay if we attribute to you the quote twenty dollars a day is livable as long as you don't spend any of it? <laughs> as long as you don't spend any of it, sure. Okay. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll put that. Oh, cool. So, David, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you and do all the things? Well, uh, my Facebook page is a good one. Uh, you can either hit me on my personal page or my business page. Um, business page is Clarity Insurance. Uh, otherwise, email, cell phone number. Fantastic. I'm pretty open. 
Cool. Well, I'll make sure for y'all tuning in that all of this will be in the show notes for you. So it's all clickable and simple and easy to get to. Once again, David, thank you for coming on our show and, and sharing your story, brother. And for y'all tuning in, make sure you go out there, be like David, and go get what you work, baby. Yay. And that's a wrap for this episode, The Real Talk with Real Business Pros. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of this journey with us. We hope today's episode inspired you to take your career, relationships, and personal life to new heights. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep on getting what you're worth. Yeah.